Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Inbound Academy. As always, I am your host, Jeff Lambert. I am joined by Rogelio Rodriguez, regular of the show and CEO of Risen. Rod, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We have a special treat for you today, everybody. We have in the studio with us virtually, of course, Sebastian Rusk. He is a digital storyteller and podcast launch founder for podcastlaunchlab.com. And he's here to talk to us a little bit today about starting a podcast and some technical tips on how you can improve and grow your podcast quickly. So Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us today and being willing to come on and talk about this topic. It's great to be here, Jeff and uh, Rod. Great to see both of you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's good to have you. How are you all holding up during this pandemic during this time? You know, if I was any better, my last name would be uh, uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, Rod is doing well. We, we talked about in the last episode his, uh, his uh, exploration with different snacks to be able to get through this time period. And Sebastian, sure. do you have a go-to by any chance for uh, foods that are keeping you up during uh, these uh, t- you know, 24 hours in the house that we're doing day after day? You know, I'm on the constant hunt for something healthy. I'm not really on the hunt for something that's not, not, and I'm not a health nut. I got a, you know, I got hidden abs to prove it. So, um, but I've been, I, I seek out because I want to feel good. I think it's important that we feel good. So I really try to seek out like that whole light, you know, salads, you know, avocado toast, you know, sensible dinners type deal. But we always, you know, every now and then last time was my daughter's birthday. So we, you know, ordered Benihana takeout, not the same experience, by the way not the same experience. That's the same. That's almost like me saying, do not order Benihana takeout, but, but I am, I am, I am saying that. Now, does the takeout come with the chef? Do they come with the food to the house and chop it up right there? No, 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 they don't. They do not at all. The salad is different. It doesn't come with that chunky ginger dressing smashed all over. It's like on the side. Um, I didn't, here's what really uh, confused me. I messed the ginger steak sauce up with the ginger salad dressing. Um, it could have been a bourbon or two, possibly, uh, birthday festivities. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was deeply disappointed with, uh, with, to the point that I thought about sending Steve Aoki a tweet today and telling him that he should pass the word along to old pops that not so much on the takeout, <laughs> thing, but that's still pending. Well, Steve's a regular listener of the show. Steve, you've heard it from, uh, from Sebastian himself. Make that change. Get in touch with DoorDash. Bring the cooks over. That'd be a good way to Yeah, start. I don't want to have to show up at Benihana with cake, okay? <laughs> Could you it's imagine they open the door? Thing. I didn't like dinner. Smash! <laughs> <laughs> this is the things that we have to go through when we're all trapped in the house for 24 hours a day. This is true. This is true. Yeah, so there's really been... I, I, we've, we've started a movement with my good friend Rich Barbara, and Rod's one of the sponsors of the movement called What If Miami. And uh, we've got uh, several vendors lined up like Mojo Donuts and Poochie's Pizza and Azucar Ice Cream and Subs, et cetera. And our sponsors could come in and donate 250 bucks to the, prog- to, the, to the movement we're doing here. And then we go pick up the food and deliver it wherever they want to essential workers. So I've been inundated with donuts first thing in the morning, ice cream mid-morning, Cuban ice cream, like handmade. Yep. And then Poochie's Pizza. I mean, who doesn't want to? slice from Brooklyn, you know? So uh, seeing that it's, it feels good to do good. And then also kind of try and stay and dodge. And, you know, we, we want to make them feel good with comfort food. So while I uh, do not go to the gym, um, I would like to try and eat better, but you know, I love chips. 
and here we are sitting at our computers doing a podcast. So we're, we're lining right up with that exercise regimen. I believe it. Totally. Let me grab my Mountain Dew. <laughs> so with that said, let's jump into the topic. Sebastian, you know, we brought you on because you can help our listeners, you know, understand the technical side of being able to start a podcast and be able to grow that. We've covered some of the marketing tips already, but we really want to help people understand just from the building blocks why podcasting is a powerful medium, how it can help people grow, and then how you actually go about being able to launch a podcast successfully. So before we jump into some questions and we you know, pick your brain a little bit to uh, find some ways that people can do that, could you give us a quick background about your experience in podcasting and uh, just your uh, relevance in the industry? Sure. So I started my podcast back when I first started my brand, Social Buzz TV, in 2010. My dad was a radio DJ for 30 years, and I had always had a liking for radio. It's in my blood, but I'd never done anything with it. I never wanted to work for the man. So um, I never went into the radio industry, and I'm glad that I didn't. But I did know that having platforms back then like blogtalkradio.com were extremely powerful to be able to say, hey, I have a radio show now on the internet, and you can tune in, and it integrates with social, and you can share it, and then you can download the, uh, you know, the episode after that and create content. I thought that was extremely powerful back in 2011. Most people didn't know what a podcast was in 2011. However, comma, they knew how to take a link and click on it and click play, which that allowed me to get my podcast distributed, if you will. I simply had the podcast so that I could connect with people that were cooler than me, smarter than me, doing cooler things than me, that were blazing the trail of social media back in 2010. So these are individuals like Mari Smith, Mike Steltzner, Jay Bear, Brian Fanzo. I mean, true trailblazers of the social media world. And I found that if I meet these people at an event or I meet them online and I have the opportunity to connect with them because it was a lot easier back then. Gary V, another huge component there that became a mentor and a friend. It was just unbelievable how we could connect with those individuals 10 years ago because Gary was fresh out of the wine business. Mari was fresh out of her Facebook days. Like she was a Facebook beta user. Um, Steltzner launched a uh, social media examiner in uh, 2009, I believe. So these were the early days. And I'm like, I need to get in touch with these people and have conversations with them. And the best way to do that is my podcast. These people get it because they're already in the space. They're going to be, and people could call in or, you know, if it was Skype or whatever it was, it was a very simple process for them to do it. But um, that's where it initially started. And then that's also where it initially stopped like 12, 14 months later because it's work. Like I committed to it. I was doing interviews. I was talking to people. And then I was like, it's like that entrepreneur meme of like typical day of an entrepreneur. This is awesome. I'm great. I'm going places. This sucks. I hate this. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not good, I'm not good at this. Wait a minute. This is awesome. I went through that same process naturally with a podcast. So I started and stopped the podcast three times over the course of uh, 10 years mm -hmm. and then got real serious about four years ago, to, to, uh, 2016. I said, all right, listen, we're going to sell podcasts. So I really got serious about that. Relaunched the show, continued to stay on the path of interviewing people very strategically that are smarter than me, no more than me, et cetera. And uh, here we are four years later, I just rebranded the show about a month ago. It used to be called the Seb Rusk show. It's now called beyond the story with Sebastian Rusk. I thought that was more aligned with my brand as a digital storyteller. And uh, yeah, here we are. 
So you've had a chance to talk to a lot of people that really were groundbreaking in this in this industry, and you've gotten to know this medium very intimately, especially, like you said, since 2010. We're talking about, you know, a handful of podcasts and not a lot of people even knowing what that word was. It wasn't in their vocabulary. And here we are. In, yeah. And here we are a decade later, and you think about just the explosion, the growth of podcasts overall, and it doesn't seem to be something that's going to slow down anytime soon. And that's I think exciting. Slow down. It's coming through. Like, I mean, this is like, this is the, this is the, the national anthem, you know, of a uh, double header, triple header. And uh, we, we are, we are literally just getting started. There's only 800,000 podcasts on the planet only. Yep. And, and Bananas, dude. It's taking over radio. It's replacing radio. Traditional radio networks are so screwed, blued, and tattooed right now, they don't know what <laughs> to do. All they're doing is scurrying to figure out how do we transform what we used to do, syndicated radio and advertising, to the digital podcast format. How do we become a Spotify? How do we, like, iHeartRadio? I don't know what to do. So it's fun to watch how things are evolving while Spotify is just going around like Pac-Man and just scooping up every great resource and network. And they bought Gimlet. I mean, they, they bought uh, uh, Anchor. We're going to talk about in a few minutes here. Just yep, unbelievable right. moves that they're making to put themselves at the front of the line because we're living in this audio era that's not going anywhere. If you haven't noticed or not, you can realize you ran out of shampoo in the shower and order some Pert Plus via Alexa while you're still in the shower. <laughs> that, my friend, is called a frictionless environment. And us as human beings living in this convenience world, we want that frictionless environment as much as possible and we'll pay for it. We will pay a, a, a prime price for convenience and a frictionless life. And I believe that's what audio provides for us. Absolutely. Awesome. It's on the customer's time instead of the customer having to fit into what the you know product is trying to push. And I think exactly. that's Alexa, really I'm out of tequila. <laughs> that's exactly. Right, that's right. Actually, uh, I think I'll, I'll take the a question that's been hounding me, I think, to ask you. You know, you mentioned so many elements and then 800,000 podcasts out there only. Uh, I'd really like to know what, what factors would cause a podcast to succeed or fail. Well, I think it's the the initial answer of when someone says, I want to start a podcast and, my, and the reason why is, so if you stay consistent with your why, if your why is strong enough on like, I've got a story to tell, I've got value to provide to the world. I believe that when people consume my story and my content, it will inevitably affect them for the better, shift their mindset, make their life better, change their life, improve them, make them better. Um, in, in addition to building relationships through the connections you're making by having an actual podcast. I think that what determines success or not, listen, average average podcast doesn't make it past six episodes. Those are just hard, raw numbers, right? Wow. They go right to the podcast graveyard. Why? Because it's, you know, we got to put this on the back burner. It shoulda, coulda, woulda, and this happened, and COVID, and excuses, and whatever BS stuff that can we people can reconcile in their mind mm -hmm. to not continue with it. Instead of saying, I'm committed to starting a podcast and I'm committed to sticking with that commitment and it's not going to change because my why is strong enough. Actually, me not doing a podcast makes me a taker <laughs> in, the, in, in a real sense of things because I've got a story to tell that could change people's lives and you're going to sit there and be negligent and not tell it. Shame on you. You know, you place a heavy emphasis here on seeing it through, you know, starting the podcast, being consistent, launching it, putting out content on a regular basis. Sebastian, from your own experience, can you talk a little bit about, is, is there a gap that people need to realize that's there that they have to get over? Like, I always tell people when they ask me about the podcast, like, I feel like you have to get through the first 10. 
if you're doing it. And if you can get through 10, you can kind of keep going. You break through that wall. You get over 10 or 15 subscribers and you're happy and things are kind of rolling. Is there a wall that you've recognized in working with your own podcasts and with, with other people and helping them start theirs that people can recognize and break through in order to, to find that success? Yeah, I think it's finding out what works for you in a realistic format other than uh, anything but let me put this on hold or I'll do it next week. I mean, I think it's just staying consistent with saying, you know what? I initially wanted to start this show doing one episode a week. That, that's what I wanted to do. But realistically, getting two episodes a month out makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick to two episodes a month, even though that's a little bit of light work. And then I can, I can add, I can improvise if needed. Hey, if one month I do four, fantastic. But if I only do two, hey, that is what I committed to. So I think keeping realistic, realistic expectations for yourself going into this, knowing what am I, what, you know, what's possible. But on the other side of things, like I'm in, I'm knee deep in a YouTube intensive right now with my good friend, Owen video. And I'm learning how to build my channel and grow it and like create content like a YouTuber, right? It's a whole different animal. It takes grit and time and it's frustrating. I hate it most days, but my goodness, the payoff I know is going to be exceptional uh, with, you know, it being a lead generation machine and me being a YouTube resource and it helping just complement the brand. So I'm sticking to it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but, But what I'm learning is that if I don't create the content and I don't bulk create the content, meaning if I don't sit down and map out four episodes of just a quick note so that I know what I'm talking about, what the name of it's going to be, and then just turn the lights on, turn the camera on and shoot, I'll never start. And if I, once I do start, I'll shoot one video and just boom, momentum, bam, let's do it again. Let's knock out another one. Let's knock out another one. Sometimes I sit here and stare at the camera for an hour. That's part of the process. I just sit here and stare. I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. And then I knock out four videos and then I go home. So it's, I, I think being able to find out a system that works the best for you. Now, can you bulk record a podcast? Probably. If it's an interview series, I would say, you know what? On next Saturday from 10 until 3 p.m., I'm going to conduct four podcast episodes. And then I'm going to go to Fiverr and I'm going to find an editor and I'm going to hire an editor to tie everything together and put an intro together for me for 50 bucks. And I'm going to get all those episodes edited. So all I have to do as a podcaster is upload them. And if you're that lazy, then you'll have an admin do it for you. But I think figuring out a way to be able to streamline and bulk shoot is key. So why don't we jump into maybe some more of the technical aspects, Sebastian, what we're talking about. Consistency is key and showing up and doing it just like going to the gym and anything else. Once you sit in front of that computer, we need to start with talking about a, a platform that people can use to start, you know, hosting this podcast. And hosting is probably one of the more complicated aspects of being able to launch your own podcast. So can we talk about a platform that you would recommend for somebody who's just starting out? That That's entirely up to the podcaster. We use ACAST.com. ACAST is a uh, podcast hosting company, just like Libsyn or Buzz, uh, Buzzsprout. Was it Buzz? Yeah, Buzzsprout. The, the key here when choosing a podcast host is, and for those of you not understanding what a podcast host is, this is like you've recorded the podcast episode, you've had it edited, now you have an audio file. Where does that audio file go? It has to live somewhere. So it gets uploaded to a podcast host like Libsyn or Buzzsprout or Acast.com. And from there, you put in your title and your description and your keywords and which episode it is. And then there's settings and different you know features within each host that help you integrate um, into different uh, distribution channels like iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and Pandora and the other 49 distribution networks out there. That's the key. That's why you want to choose a host that allows you to get distributed to as many platforms as possible. I found that a lot of platforms 
pull information directly from iTunes. So that if we set up clients in iTunes and we set them up on ACAS and ACAS has probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 different channels to be distributed to. There's probably more out there, but there's, I, I constantly see that other platforms pick up the feed from iTunes too. So it kind of grows on its own once your podcast host, uh, once you've chosen a podcast host and host in which distribution channels it's going to go to. It's not automatic. You have to pick which ones you want to do and you got to have, you know, you have to have an Apple ID to submit to iTunes. You've got to have a Spotify account in order to be able to go to, uh, to, to, to submit there, et cetera. So there's a little bit of legwork involved. If you don't want to deal with any of this, I highly recommend. And if you're just getting started, I highly recommend just utilizing a, a free platform like Anchor. Yep. Because Anchor allows you to record a podcast, edit a podcast, promote a podcast, monetize a podcast, post a podcast, market a podcast, all within their platform for free. So that's an outstanding price. And um, Spotify just bought them for a ludicrous amount of money. They have an advertising. When I said monetize your podcast, I've made 29 cents on the podcast that I started a couple of months ago. So dreams come true, people. And uh, you can totally monetize your podcast um, and make 29 cents like I have in the past seven months. But <laughs> I say that so that you see, imagine if you were a celebrity and you launched a podcast on Anchor and you were running ads on that and you had a million downloads Oof. a month, yep. how much you'd be generating. Um, just like being a YouTuber with a million subscribers. So Anchor's great. It's free. You don't have to worry about a host. You can record, you can edit and drag and drop and monetize your show with ads, your own ads that you talk on the on the actual uh, advertisement on behalf of Anchor. So I, that's the best setup to have. If you're looking for free, you go there. If you're looking to amp it up and say, now nah, I want to get a podcast host. I want to record my own stuff and, you know, be able to get an edit able to get it edited sorry about that and uh then i would utilize like lipson or acast or buzzsprout and i just want to remind our listeners too we'll make sure to put links to all these in the show notes that way you can just go right there click boom check out the websites we're also anchor users as well uh we just launched the podcast rod what's it been six months i think Yep. Six months. Hasn't been that long. We started yeah. off doing daily podcasts and we had to check ourselves into a mental institution after like the first <laughs> month. It was, it was just too intensive. So we dialed it back. We're doing weeklies and uh, that's a better cadence for us. Like Sebastian discussed, trying to find what works for you and, yeah, Anchor's been great for us. And I think we made like a dollar fifty three. for the sponsors. A dollar seventy eight, actually. Yeah, we've got uh, some penny stock I think we're advertising for, but it's going great. <laughs> so we recommend Anchor as well. I think it's a good starting point and Libsyn, and we'll put the other ones in the show notes as well for our listeners. Uh, Sebastian, kind of moving along here, we, we've talked about platforms that people can use to be able to host the podcast. Let's talk about some tips. It's really important to be able to make your podcast sound crisp. There's nothing worse than listening to a show where the audio is just trash. And I think we've all been there where we see a podcast, the graphics are engaging, we click on it, and the audio is so bad, you're 20 seconds in, you're like, I'm done. I'm moving on to another show. So my question for you would be, can you give us some tips on maybe where to report a, uh, to record a podcast so you can achieve you know, that best sound that you can really grab the listener immediately? Your closet. Your closet's a great place to start. And then take your iPhone headphones, the ones that have a cord. If you have an Android, you're on your own. But uh, Apple iPhone head, corded headphones in your closet is the best place to record or a very quiet, muffled place with carpet and away from glass. Anything that's going to reflect sound. Again, your closet is a recording booth. It's phenomenal. You actually don't even need headphones with, with uh, you can just use the voice recorder because the mic on the iPhone is impeccable. Yeah, and if you have a wife like mine that collects clothes like nobody's business, you've got that sound dampening built in in the closet. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, she may come in and be like, honey, what are you doing in there? But record a podcast, get out. 
<laughs> okay, so a closet. Uh, I've recorded in the car before. Would you recommend that? Is that a good idea? Sure. Until the long guy shows up or, you know, the impatient jerk behind you starts honking a horn. It's, sure. you know, absolutely. You can, you can be parked in your car somewhere. That's not a bad idea. Just don't use your Bluetooth audio to record the episode. There's a lot of people that do that too. Ooh, yeah, I agree. That's going to cut down on the sound quality. I think overall, you're talking about being in a small environment where you don't have a lot of elements that are going to cause the sound to bounce or escape. Exactly. Got yeah, car's good too. Car works great. I, I've cut. I've got. I've cut many of voice uh, overs in in the car. Awesome. Uh, all right. So, you sound like one of the things that you were talking about is sounding crisp, uh, Jeff. And what I notice is that you have an awesome mic and a great setup over there uh, on the video. So, can you speak a little bit about that and and what you suggest uh, people start with? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be recognized as a leader in the podcasting space, helping marketers and entrepreneurs and people make their podcasting dreams come true by actually starting one, I need to make sure that everything's up to snuff on my end regarding having a podcast, being on the cutting edge of technology, video podcasts are becoming more and more relevant because why not? You're recording the episode via Zoom anyway. You've got the person, one person on one side of the screen, the other person on the other side of the screen. You can go and repurpose that content and, and, into micro content and chop it up. So why not? Plus you can throw it on YouTube. YouTube's not slowing down the growth. You can figure out a, you know, a way to be able to strategically upload content that people are looking for, where you can build an audience there with your podcast. And um, I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, what kind of equipment are you using? Because like that okay. might oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was talking about how cool I am. Okay, all right. So um, <laughs> I decided when I opened the studio back in January that like we were going to do the Roadcaster Pro setup with pod mics. I'd heard a lot of great things about it. I was torn between that and the, uh, the Shure SMB 47 or I think that... Anyway, they're 400 bucks a pop, the mics, versus 99 bucks for the pod mic. And I, I tell you what, I was these things just came out. Road just released them, and I am thoroughly impressed with them. And I like keeping everything. I'm like, I'm the guy that, like, if you got an LG TV, like, let's buy an LG Blu-ray. Like, so I want to be able to keep a family <laughs> yeah, with sure. all the equipment. So I have, what I have set up right now is uh, the studio is equipped with two uh, road mics and then that go directly into a Rodecaster Pro, which is an interface that allows for uh, sound effects for mics, Bluetooth calling. So I could have someone call me right now on my cell phone, hit the Bluetooth line and they can join us on this interview right now. That's what I really oh. love about it. Um, and then I've got all kinds Beautiful. of neat, you know, sound effects, you know, somebody says something stupid. You're like, that <laughs> weren't. Jack Nicholson's a fan of the show. 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who were trained to kill me. So don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. All right. I told Jack you should start a podcast. He wouldn't. <laughs> um, but it also, and then it plugs right in. So USB right into my computer. So anything that's happening in my computer is going through the board. And then I've got my Canon M6. It's a mirrorless camera. Runs you about six, 700 bucks. It's got the flip up. Uh, screen so you can see yourself filming. I have a mini HDMI cable to an HDMI cable to a Elgato Camlink 4K, which are impossible to find these days except for aftermarket on eBay for four times the price of which I paid because I just, well, sometimes you just got to have it. But that's the only device that allows you to take your DSLR and turn it into a webcam. So that's my complete setup. And then I've got some uh, newer is the brand, N-E-W-E-R, newer um, 
LED lights right in front of me, just one square light right behind the camera directly in front of me here. Uh, I recommend a ring light, gives you both tones of, of light and gets a real full. And you can also put an iPhone. Some of them, you can put a camera in the middle of them. So yeah, that's my setup for, uh, for Portal, but you don't need all that. <laughs> so we've it's got the nice to have we've got the the Cadillac the affordable Cadillac option that you mentioned with all the equipment that you need to really just create a professional looking setup like you have Sebastian yeah. what would be your bare bones survivalist I'm just getting this off the ground I own a pizza shop and it's me and my papa running it type of situation would you say the microphone and the Rodecaster Pro board what would be your essential no I'd grab a couple blue Yetis and call it a day get something to, to get started with that's effortless that you can literally bust out your laptop and plug the lap plug the microphone in and when you open zoom it says choose blue yeti or choose blue snowball and press record and uh and just get started don't worry about semantics but if you do have a local restaurant you want to record it that's a great idea record it at a podcast throw a camera on a tripod you know now there's capabilities with zoom we're living in this zoom like revolution now is a great covid's the greatest thing to ever happen to zoom and uh Facebook just announced, it's already in the pipeline, but they announced Facebook rooms, uh, messenger rooms. So, um, you know, their way of, you know, Zoom's like, we're dominating the space. And Facebook's like, hold my beer, watch this. So um, it'll be fun to watch. Again, that was already in the pipeline. I don't think that Zuck and the team were like, COVID, let's make messenger rooms. Like that was already in the works because it compete. I mean, Skype who? You know, so... Microsoft better get their act together because you, they can totally save Skype, but I haven't used my Skype. I actually canceled my $2.99 a month. For what? I haven't been on Skype in years. Bunch of weirdo freelancers I never hired. You know, it, it sounds weird, Sebastian, but since my wife's using them, she's a teacher. It really seems that Microsoft is pivoting towards Microsoft Teams. And they're trying yeah. to make that like the Skype replacement. They're just and they're killing it with that. They're doing a great job with that. I saw a commercial the other day for what they're doing. That e-learning, yeah, yep. yeah, they're onto something. So I would love to see that if if Skype develops into you know to be able to be primarily focused to e-learning in both business and education, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely, and you know wherever you know Zoom goes and where Facebook goes. Google's going to be like, hey, guys, we're here, too. And they're going to come out with some competitor yeah. as well. Well, you know, again, Google Plus, another complete Google failure, but <laughs> Google Hangouts still exists. So they found a way to hang tough. And listen, they're like, we're Google, bro. We got Google money. We're going to figure it out eventually, okay? That's I know right. Google World and Google Plus and, like, all the other Google inventions just completely flopped. But you know what didn't? The search engine. <laughs> That's right. You know you what did right. You also know what didn't? YouTube. You know, and you know that because they just built massive, massive, massive studios in Los Angeles, like movie soundstage studios. And you see a lot of Hollywood going, hey, Netflix, calling their agents going, hey, see what Netflix has going on. More again, more control yep. and distribution, too. You know, I couldn't yep. imagine what those deals look like. Could you imagine what you'd get oh. for acting in a movie that's on Netflix that people pay 15 bucks a month? Listen, we have how many subscribers at 15 bucks a month? Oh. Good. Plus what the movies make. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started. Actually get me started. That's what the podcast is all about. Uh, did I answer the question? Yes. Uh, you did. I mean, both questions on the, both the, the more advanced as well as the, the secondary. Uh, oh yeah. The, the equipment, the equipment. Yeah. The equipment, keep it yeah. simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Listen, if you're an overachiever and you're like, I got to sound good. I want all that. Then go to sweetwater.com. That's where we get our stuff from the great electronic stuff. Um, sure. You have a dedicated cool. rep and they'd be more than happy to sell you something. So, um, and just invest. It's about, you know, for my entire setup with the camera, you're looking at about, about 1500 bucks, give or take. Got it. 
Oh, I mean, nice. for a whole studio with a DSLR streaming ready to go. That's where I was going with Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, you can you can go live on Facebook. You can do a webinar on Zoom on Facebook and bring people in and whatnot. Like, that's extremely powerful. So It is. Absolutely. I agree. Hey, Sebastian, I know we only have a few minutes left, and you have a lot of information that we want to extract out of you. So well, do I don't know if you're open to it, but maybe we can make a part two. Yeah, we definitely need to do that because I feel like we yeah. just got done with the second question. <laughs> it was like four or five, but it's okay. Oh, good, good. Oh, but good. Uh, good. but I think, yeah, I think uh, round two would, would, would be good. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. We have so much to talk about. We have to have Sebastian back for this, definitely. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Let's do that. All Plus, right. we like cliffhanger right now. They're like, well, I, but I thought he was going to like, we were going to discuss things like how to grow your podcast, how to market your <laughs> podcast, how to identify sponsors and, and, and advertisers, how to get yourself booked on other podcasts to grow your, your podcast. So th- those are things we were going to discuss, but unfortunately we're out of time. So you're going to have to come back. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Why don't you uh, close us off, Jeff? Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode. And remember, you can expect a new one every week, and it's always going to be filled with advice that's going to help you grow your business. And remember, if you're looking for an experienced, friendly, and results-driven team that can help you grow your business, check out Risen by going to GoRisen.com. That's Risen with a Z. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for the username Risen Inbound. That's one word, Risen Inbound. And remember, you can also help us reach new people by leaving a review on your podcast app of choice. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you on the next episode with Sebastian Rusk, part number two. Have a good day.